Hi, this is Jack. This episode of Uncontrolled Airspace was recorded the week before Oshkosh 2022. We delayed its posting because we didn't want to release it while AirVenture was going on. Also, it was recorded before the passing of our dear friend Dave Higdon. Dave didn't appear in this episode just because of a schedule conflict. So please enjoy as Jeb and I visit in the virtual hangar with UCAP Pal 172 Drew in Chaos is Our Brand. All right. Um, um, so we're going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. Okay. We're going to do this thing. And, uh, and we have a new friend here, which we'll say hi to in a minute. Um, an old friend, new friend, old friend, new friend. You get the new, new guest on the podcast. I, a new guest on the podcast. Um, uh, how do I want to intro this? So I don't know. There's been a story in the news the last couple of days about some celebrity. I don't remember who. Um, a young woman. All right who's sufficiently celebrated, <laughs> I don't know what that means, that she owns has her own private jet. Not unusual, all right? But she's getting a lot of flack lately because they claim that she's been using her private jet f- to take three-minute flights someplace. Have you seen this story? No. No. Okay, no. hang on. Let's find this here. Hang on. I just put this on the list so a second you, ago. You get, you get like demerits for putting something up without a link. Something well, like this. I was counting on you to oh, know what I'm talking you about. You see, yeah, and that's, you're counting on me to do your research for you. I You've am. You've been doing How that for times? years. Have years. Uh, is it three minute or six minute? Minute flight. Flights. What is it? Like a three minute jet flight. Is that like getting. That's not even enough time to go around the pattern. Long Beach or what? I know, huh? Hang on. Where is it here? Hang on. If you're doing a three-minute jet flight, buy a helicopter. Okay, so uh, the one that jumps, it's Kylie It's Kylie Jenner. Oh, Kylie right? Jenner. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now it makes sense, huh? And according to the story I'm looking here, it's 11-minute flights, which, okay, well, that's fine then, 11-minute flights. No, it's still a thing. World, the world is on fire. This is a story from Gizmodo. Gizmodo, um, one of our favorite... My um, favorite aviation website. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, the world is on fire while Kylie Jenner takes 11-minute flights. Oh, I found uh, a three-minute one on BuzzFeed. Yeah. All right. There you go. Three minutes. I, I like three. Uh, social media and reality star Kylie Jenner recently posted while she probably thought what she probably thought was a romantic photo of herself and her partner, Travis Scott, embracing. The black and white photo on Instagram shows the two celebrities standing between two private jets. Uh, with the caption, you want to take mine or yours. Okay, come on, get to the, they're, they're burying the lead here. Uh, uh, Drew, what does yours say? About three minutes. Oh, I haven't found it yet. And this oh, okay. is more than I ever want to know about Kylie Jenner. While verified accounts with blue check marks hyped her up, uh, a lot of normal Okay, people... here's the, you want to take yeah, mine what's... or yours. I see it. Yeah. Uh, Basically, she's been taking. I can't even figure out how you can do this. This is my point. Okay, how how in the world do you take an eleven minute flight? You're going to spend more than eleven. You know, eleven minutes. She did exactly what I said. Three a Camarillo to Van Nuys. She went Camarillo, and I fly over both of those every day. Went right over Cam from from Camarillo to Van Nuys, and my one seventy two takes about twenty minutes. So. They take off in Camarillo and land in Van Nuys or vice versa. And, they, and it says it happens in three minutes. But they're going to spend more time taxiing in both places than three minutes. I don't understand. Think I about suppose. the amount of fuel that's going to, I mean, that's got to be a $2,000, $3,000, three minutes. Man. You would think, you would think. But now you're, you, you're out there, Drew. How long would it take to drive on, let's just say no traffic or average traffic. How 45 long minutes. Dro- 45 minutes. Yeah. Okay. From Camarillo to Van Nuys, it's, yeah, especially Camarillo. If it was Oxnard, that'd be a little different, but Camarillo to Van Nuys, yeah, it's like 30, 45 minutes max. No, anyways. This came up because, this came up because during the pre-show, we were chatting about, uh, about Jeb flying down occasionally to visit Amy. And that's a, how long does that take to fly you down there? I said 18 minutes. But, but, but it's not just to visit Amy. We're going to go out and, and do some air work. Right. You're not, go, yeah, right. You're not we're just gonna going to go do. Yeah. I'm just not popping down to say hello and have right. a beer, for example. Yeah. No, I understand. No, we're going out to do some flying and, and do some, probably some instrument work, whatever. And uh, yeah. So, all right. So, you know what? I'm almost starting to think that this three-minute biz jet flight is well, reasonable. One one 
I don't know which paragraph, third paragraph down on my screen says um, on July 12, Celebrity Jets, and I don't know who that is, tweeted that Jenner's private jet flew from Camarillo to Van Nuys for only about three minutes. Yep, Camarillo. Now, you got it. The next paragraph goes into, um, uh, well, the following, second paragraph after that says, quote, banning the use of private planes would knock out a significant amount of emissions and it wouldn't affect the lifestyle of the majority of people in the U.S. or even the majority of the people in the world. And that's kind of where I get off the boat. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Why? Just because, yeah. Um, Banning, banning anything, call it a book, call it music, call it a movie, call it a private plane. Just don't alcohol, whatever you want. It doesn't work. Stop. Okay. No, I got, I I spent $72.8 million on my private jet. All right. (laughs) I do that too. (laughs) I want to get your money's worth. Um, What's your rule of thumb before we move on here? Um, um, Jeb and or Drew. Rule of of thumb? For for what's the shortest flight that's practical? Oh, I go, I do flight up and over the hill um, to get to my mechanic and it's 15 minutes. Okay. But that's, but that's to get your airplane to your mechanic. It's not like you would do that to save time. I'm not sure I understand your question. If you have a rule of thumb about what distance is, is better to fly than to drive. Any distance no, I don't. to fly than to drive. All right. Okay. All right. All right. No, I, now, I don't. You know, well, I mean, it's a yeah. little different for me. It's a little it bit of a non sequitur. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. what, what, what am I going to do there? Do I, will I need a car? Will I need what? Okay. My destination. So those are factors. Right, those yeah. are factors. Yeah. There's That's no, fair. there's no mileage and time is not the determining factor. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and you know, so, for Jeb, he can he can roll out of bed and get into his airplane and go, and he doesn't have to drive across town to get to his airplane. That's so, true too. That's, that's the well, other thing. And yeah. Jack, I'll, I'll I remember you know several flights. Well, I, I remember one distinctly the, the first UCAP meetup we did down at Venice. Yeah, you and me and David got in my airplane and popped down to Venice. That's a ten minute hop. True. Okay. True. Okay. So I mean, we had we had a purpose for that, and but but you, yeah. you were an accomplice. You yes. you probably engineered the whole thing. By the way, it's maybe possible. I yes. you know, but I, I in my defense, I don't know if this is a good defense. All right, we needed. Well, to well make an why entrance. why do why do you need a defense? <laughs> we needed to make an entrance. Okay, we were arriving at a meetup. All right, arriving in the debonair was sufficiently, you know, kind of like ooh. So, you know, you're saying maybe Kylie Jenner was trying to make an entrance too? Yeah, I'm sure that's, well, hey, maybe, maybe. (laughs) So it's okay if it's just the three of us in the debonair to make an entrance, but Kylie Jenner can't make an entrance? Is that what you're saying? I, I think I said a moment ago that I'm coming around to that it was a reasonable flight for okay. Kylie Jenner. Okay. Um, well, there's, there's one big difference. 10 minutes yeah. in the debonair is going to use four gallons? Yeah, six, maybe. Depends. Six gallons of Avgas. Three minutes in that jet's going to use maybe 300 pounds. pounds. Yeah. 300 okay. pounds. But, but, but the, the, the expense of that fuel uh, between Jeb's seven gallons, six gallons, and Kylie's whatever pounds of fuel, it's probably way less of a, an expense for her. I mean, it's just like not even on her radar that amount. Yeah. Of money. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Of course. So, so I, I would argue that's a more expensive flight. Anyways, all right. I'm sorry. We've beaten this to death. Um, yes, hear, we have. I hear sirens. I'm supposed to get thunderstorms. That's the excitement I'm, I'm looking forward to this afternoon. We're supposed to get sirens. Uh, I'm supposed to get thunderstorms. Um, and we may actually, I have no idea what Zencaster does if the power gets interrupted. So I, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to prepare for that. I don't know. So we're living life Wait, dangerously. Jack, are you telling me you do not have your system on a battery backup? I do, but I, I don't have my uh, internet connection on a battery backup. Um, and yeah. And so if the, if it gets disconnected, I don't know 
Anyways, we're living life dangerously here at Uncontrolled Airspace. And on that note, I'm going to say welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson coming to you from Thunderstorms Are Looming, Dover, New Hampshire, uh, where it's been... I'd see Jeb's going to laugh when I say this. Um, it, it's been 90 plus degrees for about four days in a row now, and we've got probably another three coming, um, which I understand is not a big deal in Florida, but it's a big deal up here to get that many days in a row. So it's really warm, and we're going to pay for it this afternoon with thunderstorms, and I think it's going to be exciting as long as the power doesn't go out. So that's that's what's going on with me. Um, here in our virtual hangar with uh, two of my my good friends. I've got uh, from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, is Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's actually not even close to 95 degrees down here because uh, there's some cloud cover and there's a nice breeze and uh, um, it's probably only 90. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you theoretically might get some thunderstorms as well. As we, theoretically, uh, I think it's probably a lock cinch this time of year in Florida. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean, if you one, don't get one that just went past us a little bit, and and I'll look at I'll look at radar here in a little bit more, and, and we'll see what's what's happening. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. You know, it's it is what it is. Yeah, and then an old friend, but a new friend in the hangar, uh, joining us this time from. Uh, let's see now. What was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say from high atop Signal Hill, California, um, is uh, uh, is Drew Poli. Drew, uh, which uh, longtime listeners know, Drew is one seventy two. Drew, uh, my 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 day job work friend, um, who uh, will tell his story in just a minute. But hi, Drew. How are you? I'm good, Jack. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Welcome to the hangar. Uh, we've been it's nice to be been, here. Looking forward to having you join us uh, for quite some time now, and today turned out to be the good day to do that. So, uh, so hi, what's going on with you? You're, uh, um, I actually said hi, Top Signal Hill. You're actually home today, so uh, it's not really near Signal Hill, but uh, um, no, but it's yeah. uh, it's absolutely beautiful here. We too are about to hit the 90s. I think it's been it's really? been hot up here. Yeah, and this is just um, normal 90, or this is not like a, a Santa Ana winds 90, is it? No, it's just a normal 90. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I mean, anything's normal around here anymore, though. So who well, knows? Well, apparently the entire U.S. is, I mean, like a hot, a hot, a large percentage of the entire U.S. is under extreme heat warnings right now. And, and the world, for that matter. Europe's kind of having a bad time, too. So, it's, it's well, you know, what? I've been stuck inside all day. I lied. It's currently a balmy 75 degrees outside. <laughs> oh, really? Well, there you go. You just thought it was warm. Anyways, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so hi, Drew. Welcome to the hangar. Um, we, we've talked a little bit about your story over the years. I hope we got it more or less right. Um, yeah. But, but uh, um, maybe you could recap a little bit. So, I the, the way I've always started the story is to say that I was standing in quite, and I believe I was standing in um, San Diego Airport waiting for a flight one day. And I was at the near the gate. We were just hanging out at the gate, waiting for our flight. And my phone rang, and it said Drew was on the phone. And uh, and I said, "Hi, Drew. How you doing?" And you said, "Guess what?" And I said, "What?" And you said, "I I just bought an airplane." And I said, "I said I didn't know you flew. I didn't know you were a pilot." All right. And your answer, Drew, was what? I don't. You're not a pilot. I'm not and that a began, pilot. I don't have any hours. That began uh, uh, quite an adventure, an adventure that that you've just really done some amazing things with. Um, you, you. So, what, what airplane did you buy? Tell us about your so, airplane. I bought a lovely uh, 172 Mike. Uh, it's a 1977, and I bought it off of a friend, a guy I know from our industry, who he had owned it and lived in Arkansas and. Uh, couldn't pass his medical and um, so he could only fly with CFIs which he was fine with but then all of his CFIs moved away and he couldn't fly anymore so he and I were sitting in Washington DC one uh, one October and uh, and I jokingly said to him if you ever want to sell that plane I want first right of refusal and he calls me up in December and goes were you being serious (laughs) and I said what do you mean was I being serious he goes you want to buy my airplane? Cause I, I, I can't fly it anymore. And it's, if it just sits here, it's going to, it's going to rot. Yeah. So yeah. I need, uh, you know, I need to sell the airplane and, uh, and, and just to interject, maybe this is something Kylie Jenner understands. Yeah. That, yeah, that if your airplane just maybe. sits there, it'll rot. <laughs> yeah, that explains it all. Um, and so you I went out my wife and said, I'm going to buy an airplane. And she looks at me and goes, you're nuts. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well, 
no, you've been so so. You've done two things that really really meet the uh, the the UCAP rules, not rules, but you know it's kind of like the ideal way that we think people should should own airplanes. The first is that you bought an airplane before you started your training, so that you did all of your training in your own airplane. How did that go? How did you find the instructor? What, what was that whole process um, like? Well, I called you and yeah. I talked to you. I was like, what should I do? And you said, try and find a local um, private um, instructor, CFI. And so I w- went to our our website for our local airport here in Santa Barbara and it said private instructors. And I just started calling the phone numbers and said, hi, <laughs> I bought a 172 and I want to learn how to fly. <laughs> And, yeah. and what did uh, they the, say? Were they surprised? Uh, the, were they, the, you know, it's a pretty relaxed place here. And so most of them were like, good for you. Um, the first guy I talked, the first guy that called me back um, uh, had, had flown for United for 40 plus years. He was wow. probably in his late sixties. Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you how many tens of thousands of hours he had probably over hundreds and uh so he i started out with him but our schedules couldn't really meet up and and uh, he said why don't you call so and so so i i flew with another guy for once and then he wasn't available and he got me onto terry uh who became my cfi and and she and i kept flying and we just had a good rapport and i called the first guy and i said D- do you mind if i switch to terry as my primary and he's like no go for it i just do this on the side mm-hmm. and <clears throat> terry at the time didn't and still really doesn't take any primary. She just mostly does checks and that sort of stuff for people. But she was like, you know what? You and I get along great. Let's go. And, and I think the first time I met her, uh, I needed to go to, I don't know, Vegas or Palm Springs or something. And I was just like, I- I've got a meeting that I need to go to. I, I own an airplane. C- can you just get in the airplane with me? And we just go. And she said, great. And cool. Uh, that you know i learned how to fly an airplane by flying an airplane i think i spent two days in my entire training doing nothing but being in the pattern and that was it yeah. every other flight it was i need to get somewhere you know because of what i do in events owning an event company you know i, I go san francisco san diego las vegas palm springs you know san jose yeah phoenix if i didn't say phoenix i i just need to be to go go to go to meetings there and and Mm -hmm. so i didn't solo until i had like i don't know 48 hours or something (laughs) that's cool (laughs) and i had like 140 hours when i got my license and you know when when she got out of the airplane and said all right take off it was just another flight because you know that's what it's supposed to be yeah that's great and so and that was the other thing that you do that UCAP really approves of is that you really use this airplane for personal travel. I mean, this is not just a hundred dollar Hamburg, you know, kind of go have fun on the weekends. Um, yeah. You, as you just said, you use it and you've used it this way, as you, as you just alluded to, since during your training, um, yeah. you use it to travel for business between, between the LA area and Vegas and, and, and San Francisco. I mean, I hear, I see all the time you're making all these trips. Um, and you because not you only stalk, that you, because you stalk him. Yeah, well, that's he does. true. I do stalk him. There's yeah, they let me stalk two people, <laughs> three actually three people, three airplanes for free. You guys are two of the three. Um so whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Smoketown's gotta be number three. Smoketown one seven one fifty two. Smoketown's gotta be that's, number three. That's the one. Yep. All right. That's the one. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. cool. Um so uh you not only use it for traveling when you need to go someplace, you literally commute to work in your 172. Very true. Um, Very true. So if people are paying attention there, you live in Santa Barbara, but your shop, your business is in not only L.A., but the far side of L.A. for the southern sort of side of L.A. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and you made that flight over and over and over again. Um, what's the route that you take when you fly from Santa Barbara to, to, you know, where you work? Yeah. Long beach. I, I land in long beach. Um, and it's great, you know, um, my, so for here, I just take off and I head direct to, um, direct to Santa Monica. So I fly mm-hmm. over Camarillo over Oxnard. I'll go straight over the Hills. And at, um, 
you know, so I talked to Santa Barbara and then I talked to Magoo and then they hand me off to LA and in LA, I request special flight rules. And once I hit uh, Santa Monica, I turned to uh, two, three twenty six or whatever the number is off the top of my head. And, and um, I squawk one, two, zero, one and talk to common traffic and fly over the middle of LAX and then once I get past LAX, I uh, turn left slightly and uh, call Long Beach and say, hey, I'm here to land at 2-6 left, unless you'll give me the lovely 8 right, which I get about three times a year. <laughs> and that's and, and I land at Signature there. I'm friends with everybody there, and I walk to work. It's great. Yeah, and coincidentally, <laughs> that's right. Coincidentally, your, your place of business is like, what, a mile or less than a mile? from Just over from- a mile, about 1.1 miles. Yeah. yeah. Jesus so so Christ. that's quite a deal. Now, the part that you kind of glossed over a little bit there that I think a lot of people will find notable is that you fly right over the top of LAX. You know, Correct. All yeah, the so there are three ways to get over LAX. And I finally did what's called the mini route because it hasn't been available for years. The mini route is 2,000 feet. I mean, it is super low and it is awesome. And you talk to Santa Monica Tower and they hand you off to Hawthorne Tower and you essentially go from Santa Monica to Hawthorne at the same height, and you're talking with all of the uh, helicopters because ah. Santa Monica hands you off to the helicopter ATC, and so you talk with helicopter ATC who hands you off to Hawthorne, and then you go. Um, I, and I've done that once. In the five years I've been doing this, I think it's five years, I've done that. It's only been available once, and it was fun, and it was because I was trying to stay under a cloud layer. And, mm. um, and then – Usually I fly special flight rules, which is 3,500 when I'm going to work, 4,500 when I'm coming home. But you, you stop talking to air traffic control when you do that. You talk on common. Um, um, you say where you, you, where you are and your height and what type of plane you are, and we all just chit-chat. Um, and then what's called the, the coastal route is up at 55 and 65, and those you stay on with ATC. And it, hmm. but essentially they're all directly over the middle of of LAX. The 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 special flight rules goes off of um, Santa Monica's VOR. Um, coastal route goes off of LAX's VOR, and the mini route goes uh, Santa Monica to Hawthorne. So they're slightly different paths, but half the time people are in the wrong one, anyways. So <laughs> right now, have yeah. you ever been turned away, or is this just a kind of an automatic thing? Um, once, um, when the winds were incredibly insane and I, I had my family with me, it was a, it was a bumpy night. One of the worst flights I've ever been on actually. Um, they had turned LAX was, was landing the other direction, which it's the only time I've ever seen it land over the ocean instead Mm -hmm. of over the city. And when that happened, um, the, I don't remember if it was the coastal route or if it was special flight rules. One of the two of them was closed. Hmm. And, um, and yeah. So that's the only time I've ever seen that happen. Uh, that's not true. Um, uh, presidential, uh, TFRs. Sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. With the presidential okay. TFR, I have to do, you have to do the coastal route cause you have to be talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. All right. So now before we move on, Drew, I want to just do a little arithmetic here. So what what month and year did you get your private certificate? Oh, you know what? You were going to I knew you were going to ask me that. I got it in. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I don't need to be exact, but how many years ago? How many years have, since you have you been I want to say four. Four years. Okay. I want to say four, but that's in. Hold on. I'm okay. Up four flight. I keep all that in four flight. All right. And so while you're in four flight, I want you to tell me what is your, your total hours say now? Did you make it? I Nope, not quite. 997.5. Oh, really? That's yeah. pretty good, dude. In yeah. four years, you have accumulated a thousand hours of flying time. All right. 500 so flight hours. number one. Yeah. Flight number one was January 13th of 2017. That was our point zero eight was January twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Here we are five five and a half years later. Five and a half years later. Yep. Yeah. So it's almost five hundred hours a year, which No. No. A thousand hour? I'm sorry, two hundred and fifty. Two hundred say two hundred hours. Two hundred a year. All right. All right. My bad math. All right. Still a big number. Still a very, very impressive number. 
Um, I, I've always thought, I've always heard rule of thumb for when it's, when it's, you know, kind of cost effective to own your own airplane is if you fly a hundred hours a year. And I think you've got that covered. So yeah. Anyways. Sure. All you right. So it sounds like next when I, yeah. Yeah. You told me when I just getting my license that most pilots, when they get their license, the number of hours they do drops because yes. now they've got their license. And I was the only person that wasn't trying to go professional that ended up getting more hours after I got my <laughs> license than I did before. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll hear from listeners that you're not the exception, but I think, I think you are in a small group anyways, that, you know, you have a very good, very valuable mission. Um, and, uh, and you have the inclination to take advantage of the airplane and, uh, good for you. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, quite a story. Quite and if story. he wasn't flying such a slow airplane, he'd, he'd have fewer hours. Well, right? Yeah. He's trying to solve that. Yeah. I'm working yeah. on that. I, I'm, I'm just yanking chains. Yeah. No, no. Um, I mean, I, I want to get a 206. Yeah. I really want to get upgrade to a 206. I'm hoping to do that this year, actually. I, cool. I love my 172, but but going anywhere with my family is not easy in a 172 when you're yeah. as big as we are. And, um, you know, that 30 to 40 knots faster in a 206 will make a huge difference. It will. Takes away the headwind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, real quickly, because I want to move on here, but why two hundred six? What what what's the appeal of that particular model? Well, I'm six four, two hundred and fifty pounds. Getting okay. in and out of low wings is tough. I I just don't like getting in and out of low wings. I've flown five or six different ones, um, and some real nice ones. I've got a buddy who's got a Diamond Star, and we've flown that to and from Vegas and to and from Northern Cal. And I get out of that thing and I feel like I've just been folded up for a couple hours. Um, so I like high wing. I just, I, I love flying high wing. I, I, you know, Jack, you like to fly low and slow. I like to, to fly high, but I still love looking down at the, at the scenery. I, it's right. just My something I really God, enjoy doing. Two of you. There are. <laughs> and there are. Uh, a 206 can handle my family of four add in my dogs and add in some luggage and go for three hours on fuel. Yeah. And there's not anything else in a six seat range that doesn't cost half a million dollars or a million dollars. That's kind of in that range. So that's, you know, with all the research and everything else, when it, when I'm looking for a six seater and I'm not trying to spend, you know, $500,000, it's kind of the right plane. And as much as I love a two ten, the insurance on a two ten is 10 times the amount of the insurance on a 206. So, mm -hmm. yeah, very I'm cool. very practical. Very... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are actually. Uh, well, congratulations. That's all very, very impressive. And, uh, and uh, well done. Well done. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, moving on here. So uh, just a bit of update follow-up news here. Um, uh, Jeb and Dave and I talked uh, in recent uh, episodes about uh, the pending looming new admin FAA administrator and uh, President Biden has in fact nominated someone now. Um, he has nominated uh, someone I believe named Philip Washington. Is That's that correct? correct. Yeah. Um, and, and I've now exhausted everything I know on the subject. Jeb, do you know anything about Philip Washington or about, you know, the, what's the buzz here? Well, I, I know what's been reported. Um, he, um, current, he's the current CEO, chief executive officer of the Denver International Airport. Mm -hmm. uh, according to AvWeb, that's where he seems to have earned a positive reputation. Um, his background, according again, according to this article in AvWeb, uh, his background is in urban transit, and he was a member of Biden's transition team, which is says a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But um, um, let's see. Did he do? He's got a positive urban... reception. Yeah, he got a positive reception from some others in the industry. Um, it's not the first time that a non-pilot or, or uh, some of a non-aviation non specific background um, yeah. has been at the FAA. And with, you know, being CEO of the Denver International Airport, he, we, you would think he's got some aviation background. Yeah. So he yeah. may not be a pilot, but um, there's no requirement the FAA administrator be a pilot. Yeah. Drew, did you have a question there? What were you saying? Well, if, if he was in urban transportation and if he's from Denver, I'm curious if he was part of when they built that whole train system and stuff out there. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. 
I don't know. Anyways, I guess we'll learn Certainly, more. It, it, it would be easy to find out, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know offhand. Yeah. Okay. Philip Washington, potentially the next administrator. Um, speaking of FAA, Jeb, I think you put this on the list. Um, nearly 8,000 newly cer- certified pilots have been produced in the last yeah, year. This is a, this is is this a, a big number? Um, if you look at the charts supplied with this article, and this, this comes out of ALPA. They're doing some PR here and uh, re- reported uh, on the simpleflying.com uh, website. But um, um, what, the, what ALPA is saying is, you know, there is no U.S. pilot shortage in that if you look at um, the number of, of uh, certificates, ATP, MELs, that have been issued in the last 12 months, uh, that number is um, higher this year than it has been in a long time. Um, some of the numbers for, let's say, 2020, you know, tilted downward, um, but still was was um, um, an increase, a measurable increase. 2018, 2019, 2021, all these numbers are, are you know up, and they're basically up about the same amount as they are year to date for 2022. Well, and Jack, it says this is getting their ATP, not just getting their license. Yeah, this is okay. 8,402 getting yeah. ATP multi-engine yeah. land. So, yeah. wow. And there's been, there's some old data that I saw maybe a year or so ago um, talking about um, student starts. Student starts were upticked, uh, ticking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have been for a few years. Now we're talking, you know, single digit percentage ranges, but um, that's a reversal of the trend that we've been seeing for a few years, which were, you know, single digit um, um, reductions each year in, in the number of, of new student or, or I, I don't know if it was student pilot um, certificates or if it was private certificates or some mixture of the two student starts is the way I phrased it. I want to stick with that. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I don't know what this all means. Is it, well, is it mean- well, Alpa's Alpa's kind of, you know, Alpa is pre- the what airline pilots association. Yeah. I knew that. So a, per- a, perenni- yeah, yeah. A, per- a perennial thorn in the side of the airlines as, as someone needs to be. Um, but, um, um, one of the why do we keep hearing about? Why do we keep hearing that there's such a shortage in pilots? Because that's what the airlines and the media are telling us. Why would they the airline want us to think there's a shortage in pilots? Just because, because that's why they're not doing. That's the why f- they can cut back flights and, and oh, okay. uh, lose your luggage and, and all that kind of thing because the system is in chaos. Chaos is our brand these days. And that okay. yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little yeah. Bit. So with a system in chaos, they have to blame something. And they're certainly not going to blame mismanagement or, or uh, uh, executive salaries. They're going to blame the pilots. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. Um, sad, sad story. Very, very tragic story um, out of uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, and uh, a, a midair between two, um, a, a Piper Mirage, I believe it was, and a Cessna 172. Um uh, both um, on final to uh, to runways there. Um, now this is at North Las Vegas, and and we probably would have talked about this story anyways. But it's kind of serendipitous that Drew is with us today while we're talking about this. So Drew, you you go to because of your business, you go to Las Vegas a lot. You fly your one seventy two yeah. out there a lot. Where do you land when you go to Las Vegas? A lot of that depends on where I'm going to be in Vegas, but I land at North. I prefer to land at North. More yeah, than so, usually, I'm either at North or at um, uh, Henderson. Although the last time I was there, um, I was told I talked to the people at Signature at what used to be McCarran, and I'm going to keep calling it that or Las Vegas International. Um, yeah, I know um, we got a little. Can, uh, yeah, it's sort of a it's sort of a, a national airport kind of situation. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, that that. She was like, no, if you stay the night and get 20 gallons of fuel, you can park here for like $27 a night or something at McCarran. McCarran. Yeah. At McCarran. I was like, in a 172. She's like, yeah, people do it all the time. Come on. Well, so next time I go, I actually want to park there. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. I know. I, I don't know about 172s, but they certainly have a lot of general aviation traffic on the ramp there. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, um, including the CIA spy airline. The not the CIA. Well, it might be CIA, but the Area 51 airline. That that uh, is very true. That shuttles. What do they call I, those? Jennifer flights. Is that? I don't know. Are you? Is that? Are you serious? The call, the call sign is Jennifer something. I think. Is it's, it really it's something? It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Back back in the day, we used to do a show every year at the. Uh, it's, a shame at the I, uh, it's a shame we don't have some device I could use. <laughs> Mandalay Bay, and uh, um, and I every it's really weird because when I was checking into Mandalay Bay, I would say, "Could you please give me a, a facing the airport?" All right, and they looked at me like, "Really? Nobody wants to face the airport." I said, "I do." Yeah, and uh, so I, I'd be in my hotel room watching the airport. And uh, you'd see these seven, these basically unmarked seven thirty sevens, you know, in the morning, and, and then the red and then returning down in the, the side. Yeah, and uh, and the buzz is uh, the sort of con- the common wisdom is that they're all headed out to some secret military base up in the Nevada desert, possibly Area Fifty One. No, the the government has come out and said that they go to Area Fifty One. Do they? Okay. Anyways, Hang so Janet, fr- Janet, Janet. Jennifer, Janet. That's right, Janet. Janet flights. Um, returning to the subject at hand, though, um, so you you have some familiarity with North Las Vegas. Yeah. So we, we've got these two aircraft that that collided on final, um, and uh, uh, two people in each aircraft, all four died, oh, um, and uh, a very 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 sad situation. And too early for us to really know what's going on there. Um, there are initial reports, though, that what happened the, the most sort of I don't know, it's early to say reliable, but the most informational account I saw so far talked about the fact that these two aircraft had been cleared to land on a a pair of parallel runways there at North Las Vegas, um, and they were going to be on final at the same time, and the Piper either, the Piper ended up in the wrong final ended up in the final for the that, that they had been assigned to the Cessna and and they collided um it's unclear whether or not he just overshot his final or did he get confused and line up for the wrong one way um time will tell but what's your experience there drew is this a particularly confusing environment um it can be absolutely it's um it's um Number one, it's kind of it's in the middle of a bunch of houses. So if you're not familiar with the area, it's very easy to to not see this airport during the day, during the nighttime. Uh, more than once, I've been a lot closer than I feel comfortable before I finally figure out where I'm going. And the runways are close, and they're kind of older, so they they you know it's, they don't have brand new super dark run you know um, um, asphalt on the runways. And there is a third runway there that's kind of a it's at an angle that goes in um, and, and they do a lot of training. And yeah, there's been a couple of times when I've been going in and out of there that it's, it's been interesting. I've been um, once I was cleared for the wrong one runway and I had to say, do you mean right versus left or whatever it was? And they're like, Oh yeah, sorry about that. Um, mm. So there is a, there's a lot of aerobatic work I believe that goes in and out of that airport. Um, and there's a lot of jets that go in and out of that airport. It's a, it's a big, hot airport. <laughs> it's very yeah. hot. Actually. Yeah. I, I've never landed there, but I, I, that's my understanding. It's a very busy GA airport. And uh, is it even more than GA? There's no airlines there, is there? I don't. Uh, I don't, no, believe I don't think so. so. There might be commercial operations, but I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of. Yeah, but OK. So. Uh, so does it surprise you, uh, Drew, that someone might have gotten confused about which runway to line up for or or. Or wouldn't yeah, I don't surprise know. Again, me at all. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at all. It's, it's like I said, I mean, it's because of the desert, everything out there is kind of muted. Right. Um, and depending yeah. on the time of day, uh, you could very easily think you're lined up with one versus the other. Um, the, the numbers aren't the brightest numbers on those runways. Um, uh, I, yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I mean, I'm surprised that this happened. I'm very saddened, but I can see why it would happen there. Yeah. But we've all lined up for the wrong runway before on a parallel. I did it in in Hawaii one time and the tower immediately told me you're lined up for the wrong one. Um, But 
a lot of places like the one in Hawaii, both, both just come from the same uh, traffic pattern. They're both lefts. This one, yeah. one is a left, one is a right. Like what we do in Santa Barbara, we've got parallel one, five left and right. And one, five left is, is left. And, and, you know, so same thing in Long Beach, right? E- each one does the traffic for which side it's on. So yeah. um, there, Jeb, it's just kind of, eh. yeah. Jeb, any thoughts on this whole situation? No, um, except that you know, from the from the news reports, it does look like the the uh, Piper overshot uh, and or lined up with, with the wrong runway. And and Drew's absolutely correct. Uh, it, it's 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 easy to do. You get a momentary distraction while you're on base, and the runways are close together. A couple of seconds later, you finally turn. Hey, there's a runway in front of you. It's the wrong one, but hey, yeah. it's a runway. Yeah, uh, it's and, been ages since I've been in North Vegas, and I don't remember. Um, the, the, I'm, 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 I mean, I can look up the layout and all that, but uh, I know what Drew is speaking of relative to, you know, all the pavement kind of looking the same color. Yeah, um, I can. The sun probably bleaches yeah, everything. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah, a light. Color well, and not there. only that, depending on the time of day, it could be hard to see the mm-hmm. the the traffic coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah according it's... to the, according to the, what am I looking at here? Avweb, I think. Yeah. According to Avweb, this occurred at 12 PM local time. So it was a sky was, the sun was overhead um, ish. Uh, and, uh, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. One, one of these days you haven't done that flight with me. Have you? No. Out in Vegas. No. One of these days I've seen, out there. I, I've seen pictures. It's flight. Yeah. That's the other, we were, you were, you mentioned earlier that I like to fly down low and you like to fly up high, but the other difference is that, um, you really love flying at night. Um, you, you've shown me some just spectacular pictures, especially because you fly over the LA basin all the time. You've shown me some spectacular pictures of the LA basin at night. Um, you've also shown me pictures of the uh, Las Vegas strip at night. Very, very cool. Well, yeah, the cool part cool. about the cool part about North Las Vegas is if you're coming from California, like I am, I, you come in over Henderson and then they send you right over Las Vegas international. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of turn at Las Vegas international to go over the one set of runways and then over the other set of runways. And then you go right over the strip at, I don't know, 3000 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gorgeous. And so you just go right over the strip. And then once you get over the strip, they turn you towards Las Vegas, towards North yeah. towards VGT. And it's, I love doing that flight. I bet. Um, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Um, you got turned away there one time though. Didn't you tell me that you were, um, what was the situation? Maybe so it was, the, you wanted to land. Last, it. Maybe was, yeah. The last time I flew to Vegas was for, um, the NFL draft and you had to all the airports you had to, um, have a, a reservation at. Ah, okay. And that, that's when I got turned away from, from Las Vegas international was because I didn't have a reservation and they weren't allowing one seventy twos in that particular week because of all the jets. But if I hadn't have landed when I did, because I was there for setup. Um, so I was there five days before the draft. I had to, um, I had to go online and request a departure time for when I was flying out because of how much private was going. And it was the same thing at Long Beach when the Super Bowl happened in LA, I wasn't allowed to fly into Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? Where am I here? What's uh, there's a list here someplace. I've lost the list. I've lost the list. Must be here. Here it is. Uh, no, that's not it. Hang on. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go to the Vans thing, the RV15 high wing prototype. All right, see, that's what I was trying to figure. I was trying, though, I was trying to come up with a, t- a gentle, somewhat diplomatic way of introducing this subject. Um, but yeah. You, you got the you other got, high wing guy with you. I know. But, so, but I, I didn't want it to be incredibly obvious that we were ganging up on Jeb. My here. God, they're multiplying. <laughs> but, uh, well, not only is it me and not only uh, is it me and Drew, all right, but apparently Vans is coming around to this civilized notion as well. So it's in the news recently that Vans has uh, unveiled the RV15 high wing prototype. All right. For the first time ever, Vans is, is, is historic. I mean, they've done low wings. Jack, Jack, yeah, Jack. Yeah. Coming, what, what, what? Vans is coming around to the concept of the high wing airplane. They've got 15, I'm sorry, 14 major 
model designations out there, all of which are low wing. Look, and their 15th is a high wing, and you're saying they're coming around? And they tried and tried and tried and apparently couldn't get it right. So they decided to, you know, it's like. Yeah. It's okay. Like, that, that was Hodgson, H-O-D-G-S-O-N. <laughs> He's the one to send all your email to, all you RV drivers out there. Yeah. So we got that. And then the other high wing story here is what? Oh, it's the Sky Courier, right? Sky yeah. Courier. Textron announced the uh, that they've delivered the first Sky Courier, which is this new uh, sort of care. I don't know. what. How did you characterize it, Jeb? A caravan class? It's a mod- it's a mod- yeah, it's a caravan with two engines or two a modernized the, uh, twin otter. Yeah. So, uh, Ooh, a modernized twin otter. Yeah. Oh, I like that description. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But uh, but also a high wing airplane. So I'm just saying. So they can drive trucks under it, dude. No. <laughs> Anyways, <It's>, okay. <laughs> what? What? I'm just. I'm sorry. I think uh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Isn't wasn't it delivered to FedEx? Didn't FedEx? Yeah, buy first, the first. Yeah, first one to FedEx. And, and I would yeah. got a. I got to figure that a huge percentage of the caravan fleet is owned by FedEx, but. Uh, yeah. It is. It is. And and specifically yeah. for what Jeb just joked about, but you can drive a truck up to it. Yeah. 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 Uh, right. Yeah. It's also a beast of a little airplane. It's like, you know, carries the load and, and uh, goes places and probably easy to maintain because it's got that one, you know, kind of very, very standard common. What's that jet that Pratt and Whitney? PT6. Uh, PT6, PT6 engine. That's kind of, you know, got a lot of history and caravan. Oh, is the PT6 it's also on the Sky Courier? I don't know. I don't know that. I'm talking about the caravan. Yeah, on, the, on the PT, the PT six is on the Sky Courier. Yeah, which should not surprise anyone. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I'll point about the caravan, once again, because I've said this many times, is that it's the uh, uncontrolled airspace logo is a caravan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, all right. Well, we're so, to be actually, marching onward, onward and upward here. Well, onward hey, and onward. Um, hey, Jeb. Jeb, yeah, I got a question yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Have you not heard the meowing on guard, Jeb? I, you know, it's, I, I have heard it. Yes. And no. Um, I wrote an article. I don't know. It's been a couple of years ago now. Uh, I was, um, coming back from, um, Dallas back in June, I guess it was June of 01, uh, 21. So that's, that was the flight. So it was only a year or so ago, but you know, there's a notum out there and I, I you know, it says, Basically, you know, when practicable, all pilots shall monitor 121.5. Right. Now, if you don't, yeah. if you only have one radio, then, and you're talking ATC, well, you know, you can't monitor. It's not practicable. So, um, I'm too little. I said, yeah, you know, let's listen to 121.5 for a while. And this was Fort Worth Center looking, I guess, Memphis Center and, and working my way back to Florida from Dallas. And um, fully half the calls I heard was ATC calling for some airliner that uh, had missed a call. Oh, um, really? Okay. And, that's usually, that's they were usually what on, you hear on guard. I yeah, they're calling that. on guard to see if they can find, you know, this airliner who missed a, tra- missed a, 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 a handoff or something. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing. I didn't hear a whole lot of meowing. I've I've heard of that. Okay. Uh, so you've and heard, I've of, heard of a, I've heard of a lot of other trash talk. Let, let me put it that way. And every now and then, you know, I, I, I maybe maybe have heard something like that on that trip. But I, you know, for the feds who are listening, yeah, I have to confess, I don't always monitor guard. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That's okay. It's not a confession. You're not required to, right? It's just yeah. Well, according to the notum, I am. I thought oh. that was only if you were a commercial. That's no, no. Huh. Do a, do a, do a briefing. Check out the FTC notums, and uh, somewhere in there, all. Um, if you've got a spare radio, you're required to listen to guard. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically that's what the notum says. As long as it's huh. practicable. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. all right. I'll find it and and shoot you a we'll, copy of it so you can do a screenshot yeah, we'll, or something. And well, that'll um, we'll, we'll and we'll certainly if you send it to me, we'll find put a link in this in the show no, notes. I'll look up modems right now. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's basically it. What else? Anything else you want to talk about? I've lost track of how much time we've used here because we listeners don't know this, but we did a little weird thing that made me lose track of time. Um, but uh, 
this has been great, Drew. I'm glad you joined yes, us. Yeah, me yeah. too. I, you know, we've it had, would have been it would have been Jack and I talking to each other, and and who knows what could have happened. <laughs> yeah, I know that that's 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 often not a good thing. It can always go wrong. Um, and uh, you know, we've had listeners who have come on the podcast who have like frozen, who are just great communicators. I mean, you just like part of the reason you invite them on the podcast is because you've had these wonderful conversations with them about flying, you know, around the campfire or the, you know, sitting at the bar or whatever. Um, and then you invite them on the podcast and they freeze up, you know, they just like, don't talk. All right. Um, and then we've also had, Ooh, rumble of thunder. We've also had listeners who come on the podcast and later on they told me, and this is more than once this has happened. They've come on and they tell me that they were sitting there and and I said, oh, you didn't talk very much. And they said, and the reason I didn't talk was because I forgot that I wasn't just listening to the podcast. All right. I forgot, <laughs> that, I, <laughs> I forgot that I was there and that I was supposed to talk. I'm used to just listening to you guys talk. So, but Drew, you, you, uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to give you high marks on all these. It's been, it's been great talking with you and, and uh, it's been great to hear your story. I've told your story a couple of times, but you, you filled it out and, and, uh, and that was great. Congratulations on the thousand hour thing. That's pretty cool. Thousand hours, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. my next flight down to work, uh, when I come home, I'm gonna be like point two, point three hours from hitting a thousand. Yeah. So I'm debating if I'm just gonna like cruise along and or or go down to San Diego or something to add some extra to it. I don't know what I want to do. I'm gonna try and do something for when I hit a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, maybe you're gonna have to make you're gonna have to make just a plain old fun flight. We're gonna call it the thousand hour hamburger now. And uh... <laughs> it's definitely more than a hundred. <laughs> yeah, definitely sure. more than a hundred yeah and it's, it's it's nowadays like an omelet or a salad or something yeah okay oh. but speaking of camarillo back to take us full circle camarillo man it's got one of my favorite restaurants okay. i'm not a hundred dollar hamburger guy right i rarely do that but camarillo is a 20 minute flight down 20 at max but their restaurant yeah. there is on restaurant. point Right on the field or is it near right on the field? It's right on the ah. field. You park your, your plane right there. You walk through. They've got a fake little tower there that has the tower frequency. So you can listen to, to, to everything going on on tower and a little thing for the kids to play in. That's the runway there. Uh, like Tuesdays and Saturdays, I think they do this tri tip. That's just fantastic. And they got good wow. milkshakes. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, if I'm just going out and tootling around, I go down to Camarillo cause, cause it's a good little, good little airport the 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 my favorite hundred dollar hamburger airport yeah cool and you might run into kylie jenner so that's a plus too right <laughs> anyways all right guys thank you it's uh it's been a blast i enjoy talking with uh with uh, jeb all the time and drew i talk to drew all the time too but never in the podcast drew poley thank you drew drew poley is a thousand hour private pilot who owns a cessna 172 that he flies all all over the western u.s when he's not flying, he runs Don't Wonder Productions, a busy special events audio visual company based in Southern California. You can learn more about Drew's company at don'twonder.com. And on Twitter, he uh, Drew is at Don't Wonder Productions. And Jeb, thanks, Jeb. Jeb Burnside is a freelance aviation writer and editor serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. He's also a regular contributor to other aviation publications. Online, you can find Jeb's work at aviationsafetymagazine.com. His magazine is on Twitter at avsafetymag. And you can also find his other work at aea.net, avweb.com. And on Twitter, he is Burnside J. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online in most of the uh, usual places with the all one word username, Jack Hodgson. For example, Twitter, Jack Hodgson, YouTube, Jack Hodgson, Patreon, Jack Hodgson. You can find my ebooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the book section. You can sign up for my Around the Field email newsletter at AroundTheField.net. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. And remember, you fly the airplane with your head, not your hands and feet. Ha, 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 ha.